Welcome to Wrestling News or any other podcast from the IWC for the IWC. And this is WGR Between the Sheets for July the 10th, 2016. My name is Anthony Hammond, and I got today with me Brian Cotton and comedian Amy Emley. We got a lot to get into, but first, we want to thank everybody listening to us on the Night Sport Channel and Power Station FM. If you're checking us out online, you can get us at wrestlingnewsradio.blogspot.com. And always check out our social media, and we're on iTunes and Stitcher as well. Give us a like and subscribe, we greatly appreciate it. We plan on doing a lot of things in the near future here with local wrestling. We're going to sniff around at a lot of shows. But first off, we want to send our condolences out to everybody that's been involved in that shooting for the last couple of days. And uh, pretty much weeks. This thing has been going on for a while now. And we don't really have an answer for anything at all we can do with our condolences. And Miss Raymond was hoping to find an answer. But until then, we got to cover wrestling. That's what we do here. I'm going to bring you with me right now, Brian Coffin and Andy. Brian, we'll welcome you to the show first, buddy. How you doing? It's been a while. Thank you for having me. It has been a while. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing what everything's going to pan out. We've got some interesting things to talk talk about tonight. So I'm I'm pretty excited. Andy, welcome back to the show. Welcome again, my friend. What have you been up to in this last two weeks? Man, it's just been a, a crazy whirlwind of things. I'm getting ready to uh, head to disability camp here uh, at the end of this month. Uh, it's, a, it's a camp called Camp Possibility where we uh, we go and have a good time and do some cool things like zip lining and that kind of thing. So that's kind of what I've been preparing for. Um, but at the same time, I've been, you know, watching wrestling every Monday and Thursday and whenever I can jump on the network and check things out. So it's good to be a part of the show again. Good to have you. We're about to hop into it right now. Last night at UFC 200, Brock Lesnar made his return to the octagon in victorious fashion, getting a unanimous decision over the Super Samoan Bart Hunt. This leads into his match with Randy Orton here in a couple of weeks. I'll go to Brian first. Brian, do you think that the win last night for Brock Lesnar changed the outcome at all for SummerSlam, or do they already have it planned that it was going to be Brock all along? In the, in the effort to play both sides, if they didn't have it planned out all along, I would hope that they, it wouldn't change anything. I mean, that's two different worlds. As far as whether or not they had him pegged to win the entire time, most likely. I mean, I hate the fact that a returning legend like Randy Orton is going to lose in his returning match. But I feel like they... The only thing that bothers me is the way they revealed it. Because I feel like Dana White and Vince McMahon sat down one day and Dana's like, you know what? This is how you should reveal that Randy Orton's coming back. You know, screw the storylines. Just do a montage of Brock Lesnar and Randy Orton, and then everybody everybody would be so excited about Randy Orton coming back that it will make itself a good match just in that alone. I'll be honest with you, I had no clue that they had announced it live. I just been reading the dirt sheets for a while, and I saw when it popped up that you know it had been made official. So I really wasn't shocked by it. I haven't watched SmackDown yet. I'm going to go back and watch that right here later on tonight. So maybe it happened on SmackDown. Andy, did you see that it happened on live TV or is there something they announced on their website? 
Well, um, I kind of found out about it through the uh, through the internet. So before anything else, you know, it popped up popped up on Facebook and showed me, and I was like, well, you know, that kind of makes sense because I'd seen some things that uh, uh, Randy Orton was going to be, you know, working here pretty soon. So at least by the end of August. So I figured, you know, uh, but that's yeah, that's how I found about it out about it was uh, on the internet. I was kind of surprised that they picked somebody. That we hadn't seen in a while, but at the same time, you know, Randy Orton's, uh, like you said, a legend. So I'm kind of excited to see what happens when he comes back. They say that he's in his return match. I'll ask you this. Can it be his only match? Why would they pick Brock Lesnar with a guy with a hurt shoulder? Yeah, yeah, I really don't, really don't get that. I mean, you haven't seen Randy and gosh, I don't even remember the last time I saw Randy Orton. So, I mean, you know. I don't know why they picked Randy Orton or why they did that kind of thing, but I mean, you have to think about what's gonna what's gonna draw the money. What are people gonna want to watch? You know, they try to have a headlining match usually for a pay per view that you're gonna want to watch. So they're gonna pick two big names. And was I surprised it was Randy Orton? Yeah. Uh, did I think that maybe they were gonna bring Goldberg in since uh, you know they're using him for the pre orders for the for their new WWE game that I think it might be him. I thought, yeah, maybe they would do that. Uh, but like you said, Randy Orton, eh, unless he's really been working out hardcore like Brock Lesnar has, uh, it's going to be an interesting match. Brian, you can obviously assume that Randy Orton's going to go to Suplex City. Do you fear for him getting hurt again with landing on his shoulder and neck so many times? I don't necessarily fear for him. I think he'll be okay. He's been out for quite a while, but you know, just to touch on what you were asking about, he the reveal apparently came upon a taping for SmackDown in Canada, <clears throat> and it wasn't actually on the show. It was on the aftermath show, is what they're saying. So it was uh, something that they said was most likely was taped for the. Uh, for the event, and we'll see it eventually. But I guess they have an aftermath show now in in Canada, and so that's where they revealed it. One of our common listeners, Bethany, for the Watch Up Facebook Live, can agree with y'all both exactly. The Randy Orton is a money draw, so I can't really disagree with that. And the fact that it's SummerSlam makes me believe as well that if Randy Orton's coming back, then I guess this is what's giving me the business. I just worry about his health because, as we all know, Brock Lesnar is known to be stiff at a wrestling ring. So, we'll just see how that goes. Uh, as far as UFC, look out for the heavyweight division. Brock Lesnar is here, and I have a feeling that wasn't his last fight. And I'm anxious to see where it goes from here. We're going to move in now to something that actually one of our listeners, Bethany, is a big fan of. And I kind of am not. This will be an interesting debate. The Hardy versus Hardy final deletion. The long anticipated end to the TNA story of Matt and Jeff Hardy. Not many people have watched it, I promise you, but not many people watch TNA. But the ones that have, they've been filming these very creative, I'll use the word creative, promos from their house in North Carolina and their old barn, and they got the story of Remy and Matt uh, with the Ken Max, and it's just been really, really, really twisted. But the story finally ended. And I'll go with Brian first. Brian, good or bad, wasn't creative and awful, and are you glad it's over? 
I mean, undoubtedly it was creative. Whether or not it was good is a different story. I mean, it was entertaining, so I'll give it that. I mean, I it kept my attention. The the part where Jeff Hardy was chasing Matt Hardy with a some sort of flamethrower firework gun. I'm not sure what it was. Uh, some kind of rocket launcher. Matt Hardy with a drone. Literally a drone flying through the Yeah. I mean, it's like watching Power Rangers all over again. That's what I thought, exactly. I like Matt, Matt, Matt Hardy was Zordon. I mean, it felt, this whole thing has felt Shakespearean, so I get the comedy factor in it. And I couldn't get the creative thing in it. But Andy, do you think it's been over the top as far as just not believable? Or do you think it's been actually creative on the Hardy one? Well, I mean, think about some of the over-the-top things WCW used to do to try to get ratings back in the 90s. So, I mean, maybe this was a cheesy takeoff on, you know, something WCW used to do. Um, I watched a little bit of it. I didn't watch the whole thing. Uh, but I have caught TNA a couple times. And, uh, you know, Matt and Jeff, they try to stay entertaining as much as they can, uh, but let's be honest, uh, Matt Hardy just kind of looks like a meth addict, so. Maybe uh, Vince Russo is actually there running it, and we just don't know it. Yeah, and they actually are not right now, and they got Shane Helm, who is new creator, so I know that they have free will to do what they want. And when you're the lowest DNA is right now, you can pretty much try anything you want, because it doesn't matter if it doesn't work, or nothing else is working already, so I'll give them credit for that. And I'm just kind of anxious to see where they go with this. Because now that the Hardys are done with Jeff and Matt has the Hardy name, I don't know where that leaves Jeff Hardy. We're just going to see where all that plays out. We're going to move on to another weird feud, but it is kind of been creative. The Wyatt family and the New Day. This thing has just gotten weird, and nobody has been able to predict what's going to happen in that thing. Uh, I know there's been a lot of haters on it on both sides that don't like the Wyatt and they don't want the new day bringing up. There's a whole lot of we don't. But the fact is, Brian, uh, well, I'll go to Andy first on this one. I don't know what do. Andy on the compound. There's a chance when the new day is supposed to go and fight them at the Wyatt compound. Do you see this happening? I'll start with that. I mean, it would be interesting if they, you know, if they cut a promo where they actually went to the compound and, you know, tried to get in or knocked on the door and something, you know, something creepy happened or Bray Wyatt popped up out of nowhere, you know, and said, you know, looking for me or something like that. I don't know uh, how they, you know, how they could play that out, but I'm sure they could do some pretty cool things uh, uh, with uh, what, you know, WWE Studios has been able to put it. Put together, so I, I don't know if they're going to have it in the budget to do something extravagant there with that. But the, I'm, you know, there's uh, lots of potential for uh, Xavier Woods to uh, drink the Kool Aid, so to speak. Brian, do you see that being where they're going? Is Xavier the one that's going to drink the Kool Aid, or is there a chance that maybe one of the others? I'm going to go on record in stating first that I've never heard that saying before. So you've never heard him drinking the Kool Aid. I, I've never heard of drinking the Kool-Aid until just now, so. Okay. That's, I, but I, I, I digress. <laughs> maybe that's because I love Kool-Aid. I don't know. Must be a purple okay. thing. I don't know. There you go. Purple thing. All right. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, 
go on record to say I didn't make any of those crippled jokes just now. Um, <laughs> so I, the idea intrigues me of them going to the compound. And I know a lot of people are saying that that would be a ripoff almost of the final deletion. And maybe so, but I'm sure at this point it's just coincidence if it happens. But I feel like they've hurt the, the Bray character and the Wyatt family character so much over the years that this is that one aspect of his character that they haven't tarnished yet. And the compound kind of helps their mystique a little bit. You know, it's that one thing that they have that's still mysterious. And if you take the fight to the compound, then you run the risk of taking that mystique away. That could be true, but at the same time, that's kind of how they're selling it. Because you have a claim here on the NoDemy.com, like Cole saying, well, we know there. We don't know what's there. We know what's in the NoDemy ring, but we control that environment. We don't control the fact that that's going to go down. So when the we don't know what's going to happen, and I like that unpredictability. And when NoDemy Studios, like you said, I had heard at one point they were going to make a Wyatt family movie. And apparently that got abandoned. They should have done that, and they should have done it quickly. It would have been the best Nodemy Studio film they ever made. And you wouldn't have a better relationship with who Bray Wyatt is, along with his followers. Brian, do you think they could have made a movie out of that and told the story better? Most definitely could have. I mean, that's... His character pretty much writes itself. I mean, that's... That was a quintessential scary character that they had you know it would have been great to see a movie of him and like you said it would have given people a better understanding of the character giving him more mainstream appeal if you will and like you said about it being the top WWE Studios film it would have without a doubt if they would have done it right and that's the thing if they would have made the movie first there's no limitations you're not you're not hurting any other wrestler in the process. You're just making a backstory of the character, and it would have bring brought some legitimacy to him, you know. But they didn't do it, so. Maybe it's not too late, but I have a feeling it is. And Andy, what do you think? Was there any possibility of it happening, and would it help? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that'd be cool if they did a movie. Um, you know, I just watched uh, No Holds Barred the other night with uh, Hulk Hogan, and. Uh, you know, if they can make a cheesy movie with Hulk Hogan in 1989, why can't they take a chance on an edgy character like uh, Bray Wyatt and uh, kind of see, you know, what, I, you know, you see the promos he cuts. He's got acting ability. Why don't, you know, why don't you give him a part in uh, the Marine Six with The Miz and, uh, you know, see what he can do there and then, you know, spin it off into another movie. No, Blaine must not, actually. Must not put Bray Wyatt in the movie. Well, here's the thing, though. Like, if if Bray Wyatt, they make a movie out of him, their studios deal doesn't require it to be PG-13, right? I don't think so, but I'm pretty sure this last one wasn't. And I, I'm going to watch it tonight for the simple fact that Rick Hill shoots a gun at Dolph Ziggler while he's wearing his wrestling tights, so that's enough for me to want to watch Countdown. Uh, but I think that's a pretty rainy, I think it might be a rainy on movie. So... If WWE television has to be PG-13 or PG, then how could you transition? Because, I mean, let's face it. If you're doing a Bray movie, it has to be R. 
Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no, that might be what I didn't do it to that boy. It, there's no way of very what was it Fleet No Evil or though? It it may have been R, but that was when they first started the studios and they you know, were transitioning into the PG era, I think. But even if they were allowed to do an R rated movie and you know, you do an R rated movie of a character first and then you transition into a PG version of them. That's going to be like watching it on cable TV, and they censor everything. Yeah, that's a good point. And what's your thoughts? I just did uh, uh, look it up here, and it looks like See No Evil was a rated R film in 2006, and they did you know several spinoffs of that movie. So could they make could they make a rated R movie and do that? Yeah, I, I mean we're all adults. We're the we're the people that have the money that are buying your product. So. Kind of give us what we want, and we'll pay money for it. That's how it works. <laughs> 2006 would be way, way past when we thought uh, transitioning would be. So that does actually mean they can do it. Uh, that was around the time that I was already popular with the little kitties. So, yeah, I don't see why they couldn't do it. And as far as elevating Bray Wyatt, yeah, I don't think I can do anything bad for him. So, we'll see. Yeah, but then you get, a, you get an R-rated version of Wyatt. In the movie, and then you get a PG version of them on TV. I mean, that's kind of what happens in with anything in WWE, right? I mean, we're not going to see Rufus shooting a gun. No, definitely, definitely not going to see that. God, what an awful like casting job too! Like, you're going to make the Russian guy that's like shooting at the American really? It's oh god. So move on now. What do we got next here, Brian? We're almost here, halfway through the show. Oh. Yeah, Vince is Vince is pretty much uh, notorious for for doing that kind of stuff, so you shouldn't be really surprised. All right, what's up next? Right, sorry, sorry. Yeah, I had a TNA moment. My my notes disappeared, my audio disappeared, and I started to panic. Yeah, yeah so you have to forgive me on that one. No black uh, no, up next, we actually, we were talking about him just now. We had Vince coming back. Man, back, and we're going to have the draft coming up. They are probably going to announce this coming up week, who is going to be running Raw and SmackDown. They've been teasing every single pass we have for God knows when. Uh, Brian, is there any other person besides Shane and Stephanie event you could announce? I would hope not, because it wouldn't make sense if there was. I mean, but to be honest, we could have gotten this result, what, a month ago? We didn't have to wait this long to get it. I, My only fear is they're going to bring back somebody like Vicky or John Laryngitis. I feel like since they've already put them on TV, they're not going to, but we'll just see. Andy Westford thought, do you think there's anybody other than Shane or Stephanie, and if not, should it? I mean, it's uh, let's hope let's hope it's not predictable. Let's hope it's somebody you've never heard of before. But I mean, you know, Vince is getting kind of old, so I mean, he may think that that's the only choice he has. But I mean, are you going to see Eric Bischoff out of nowhere? You know, that 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 would be cool. I mean, you know, some other people you haven't heard of in a while. You know, I mean, it's cool to see these other general managers come out and try to, you know, say that, oh, it may be me or it could be me. And then you kind of see Teddy stumbling around uh, almost, 
you know, aimlessly as he didn't know what the hell he was doing on TV. Uh, You know, or could it be the anonymous Raw general manager again? Who knows? So. No, he's fine already. They fired him. Yeah. So, uh, I guess we'll see what happens. There's. There's one thing that we uh we didn't point out or didn't touch on because we got in our little Bray Wyatt tangent. Yeah. Uh, the new day. Oh yeah, who's next team that we talked about the breakup thing? Yeah. Yeah, we need to know who's gonna be the one for the breakup out of that group. Uh, I mean, we did touch on it, we didn't finish it. Brian, is it gonna be Xavier or is it possibly gonna be Biggie? I mean, with the way they're going right now. It can only be Xavier. I mean, right now I think it's great the way they're doing it too, the way that they have Xavier as the weakest link, and he's the one that's supposed to be the the professor. I mean, of the group, and he's the weakest link. Haven't we always thought he was the weak link though when it comes to wrestling? Well, yeah, I mean he is, but he's always been the backbone that actually gets us to be entertained as well. So. That's fair enough. Uh, Andy, what do, how do you think he's going to be the one to uh, leave? Or will they stay together, all three of them? Yeah, I mean, they're, I mean, they've been kind of teasing that Xavier Woods is the one that's caught underneath Bray Wyatt's trance or whatever the hell's going on. And, uh, you know, that's what's happening. So, I mean, it's kind of predictable that he's probably going to be the one to defect, of course, to maybe the other group. And then something happens similar to what they did with uh, Daniel Bryant way back when for that brief period of time that they did that, which they could have played that out a hell of a lot longer and it could have been a good storyline. But back to uh, New Day, yeah, uh, they're they're probably going to break up. Uh, Xavier Woods is probably going to defect and then we'll see, uh, I guess we'll see uh, these other guys pick up the pieces and see what happens. That really nice. It's going to be interesting. Brian, do you think that it can be done in the draft? I would hope that they would have Xavier break up, not necessarily break up the New Day, but kind of divulge the New Day, you know, dissolve them a little bit and have him turn on them. What I would love to see is the New Day split up because Xavier went to one, one, uh, you know, like Raw, have the New Day stay together as Kofi and Big E on SmackDown. And then Big E just get tired of losing over and over again and blame it on Kofi and just turn heel on Kofi. That would be great. we got a whole lot of options playing itself out there. Brian, I think we're down to our final topic. Where are we at now? We have one more I was going to throw in. We're almost to our last topic. All right, go ahead. Uh, Darren Young and Bob Backlund. Yes, okay. To make Darren Young rating in campaign. It is hilarious and it has entertained me. Now, I know it has been kind of cheesy and over the top for most people. He has now given Darren Young the chicken wing as his finisher. Andy, have you seen the vignette? What are your thoughts about it? Yeah, I did catch that promo on SmackDown, and let's hope that Bob Backlund doesn't give Darren Young his bow tie and suspenders because that would be just horrible. I'm glad that he only gave him the chicken wing, so... Uh, you know, we'll kind of see what happens with it. And Bob Backlund's entertaining. I don't know if he's uh, on too many drugs or what exactly is going on there, but all in all, it's been entertaining. And we'll, I guess we'll see what Darren Young does with it and see if he can make it entertaining. Yeah, 
Bob Macklin on the 100% server, and you can hear a lot of his stories on the Slam Robert show, and you will question if he's clever when you watch that, but for the most part, that guy is delusional, and he's not playing a character, and if he is, he's brilliant at convincing us otherwise. Brian, do you think it's a good idea, and I'm, I'm giving you a wide open door here to make an easy pun about the second wing in Darren Young. There, I am just ecstatic that they gave Darren Young the move that he has to come behind the guy's back to get him. <laughs> I, <laughs> not only does he have to go behind his back to grab him, he brings him to the ground against his will while he's doing it. That is amazing. Yeah, it's going to be even more like if he turns him over and mounts him on the back and gets back now, that's going to be awesome. This is horrible, dude. Everybody's uh, going to be cheering him on the whole time. Oh, my God. Oh, man. And, 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 you know, out of all the other things, they gave him the one move that's called the chicken wing. I mean, all they got to do now is just call it the fried chicken wing and be done with it. Now, I've noticed that uh, with all the violent things that have happened in the past week, hashtag beat up John Cena was trending on Monday night, and then all of a sudden, I mean, you kind of backed off on that. Now, I don't know if they're going to keep questioning that it was a violent thing. But I'll tell you this. For one or two weeks, I was very entertained with the hashtag meet up John Cena promos. The club is killing it right now. I mean, it feels they are stealing the show and making this John Cena storyline amazing. I mean, I'm not going to say Cena's not, but AJ's just showing me a side I didn't think he had. Have you, what do you think is going with that, Ron? I'm sorry, what was that last question? The club with John Cena. What do you think that thing's going as far as uh, me and Dominic over the top? Oh, I mean, it's... To be able to main event, you have to have a certain couple of attributes. You have to be good on the mic. You have to be good in the ring. And let's face it, AJ Styles is neither of those. He is phenomenal on both. And where he's come from... And TNA is is a complete 180. It's great. So I'm I'm loving the feud between the two, and it's getting to that point where AJ Styles is not going to get you know buried or hurt by a loss to John Cena. And based on the battleground poster, John Cena's picking up the win on this one. That would shock me because he has lost all the house show matches cleanly. AJ has been. Uh, well, but yeah, you know that usually does mean it's going to go the other way. So what well, that was about that. And also with the beat up Jockney the hashtag, do you think that they're possibly going to drop that with all the violence going on lately? I don't. I don't think they would. And yeah, you know, I don't think they should. They may. Um, it doesn't really correlate with anything that's going on, other than the fact that it, you know, entices violence, but. So does their product together, so. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I definitely would agree. Andy, what are your thoughts on it? Well, I mean, it's come on. It's highly entertaining. Everybody knows I'm a big John Cena fan. Uh, he stands up for me because I can't, so, uh, <laughs> you know. I mean, you know, it, it's cheesy, I know. Uh, my girlfriend, my fiance actually almost broke up with me because I bought a John Cena shirt. 
I mean, you know, uh, the guy's entertaining. I mean, it's entertainment. I know it's staged. I know this and that. So for them to start a trend for beat up John Cena, it's okay. You know, has he lost a lot of matches lately? Absolutely. Uh, does it suck? Yeah, kind of. But I mean, you know, it's, it's entertainment. That's what it's, you know, so, uh, you know, it's, it's, I've seen the, I, have you seen the, uh, what Ryback uh, tweeted on Twitter where he was like, you know, I did this and this and this. And then he was like, and then I thought about beating up John Cena. So, I mean, it's, it's entertainment. So. I don't know why Ryback's saying that because, you know, they haven't gotten to beat up John Cena with. Right. Right. I was like, why are you, why are you even in the conversation right now? Are you, are you trying to be relevant because you saw something trending? That's all he's ever trying to do. I'm already shocked that he hasn't sold CM He's already talking about CM Punk still. Like, yeah. he can't let it go. He was doing it in his final match, where he went doing all the CM Punk stuff. He sent a tweet out with his nose surgery or whatever it was and said that I feel like CM Punk when he tried to fight The Rock, or when he tried to fight John Cena. And he says, not all of the 12 that he lost before, but the one good one or something. <laughs> wow. It was, it was dumb. Yeah, but then you did really well in your career, Rocky. Wow.